Part one of three. This is going to be different. Hello and welcome to episode 35 of Triangle Squared. I'm your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me, your host... Saul Bridges, bringing you lucky number 35. Lucky number 35. All right, look, I just I needed to get that through me because I never get to say it. It, just, it felt good. It, I yeah, felt empowering. I was going to say, Shariko called me out on it, and I don't think I will ever uh, miss it again. Let's hope not. You know, I'm really not in the mood. You know what's funny? Multiple people called you out on it. Actually. I know Shariko was the one that had the most hurt feelings about it, and he, I, he I was apologize. Very hurt. He was very hurt. He is one of our boys. All right, well, speaking of our boys, uh, you my boy, but before we get into all that, because, you know, another week has gone by without me really seeing or talking to you, because that's life, Saul, and it's holidays, which somehow gets worse where you work, and actually worse where I work. So Life moves fast. All the the worst things going on, I will say, before we get into all that, that this is Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast, and you can find us every Monday morning at 10 a.m., 12 p.m., Central, 10 a.m. Pacific, sorry, yeah, I was, <laughs> on YouTube or on podcast services around the globe. Yep. Uh, and you're, for your listening, Lots listening of pleasure, them. you can hear our voices, uh, sultry and smooth. Um, but this is going to be a little different. This is going to be part one of a three, or I say part one. It's going to be episode one of three episodes in a row that are going to be short and a little different. Uh, didn't do news, didn't prepare news this week. I didn't have time to do it. No drop. Uh, and there's the... really nothing that was very newsworthy that, that even happened. A lot of this is very centered around Black Friday. Who would want to combat that by trying to release news? And, you know, the Destiny thing and the uh, Battlefront. Yeah, too. it's just the stuff that's been circulating for a while, so I didn't feel like it was really worth talking about too much. We can talk about it ourselves, but there's no reason to type it in the news and waste yeah, that kinda... time, and I didn't really have time. And holiday ends up getting you around a couple people, but... So this may be a common thing around Christmas again, but we... Yeah, it will. Three, it will. three of these episodes, we're not going to call them like three, 35A, I don't think, and B and C. I think we're just no, going to No, no, it's going to be 35, 36, 36 and 37. 37. They're just going to be shorter episodes than usual. There's going to just be a main topic, uh, normally something that's a little offshoot that doesn't have to do with anything in the news or anything right. really going on. It's just going to kind of be off-topic stuff so that we do our best to continue to put out like we've committed ourselves to right. do a podcast so we never every miss week. an we episode. Never miss Except an episode. me, I missed one, but we got the episode out. So, but, but Triangle Squared as a podcast still existed. It did. And that's yeah. what's important. We, we find will never way. miss a release. What I'm waiting is for the day where neither one of us are on, and two people that we know just come and record. <laughs> I'll come. I'll come by myself. I don't care if I have to do it through my phone. I'll live stream it through my phone. Well, I'm just thinking it'd be, it'd be funny if we could just get two people who are either of us, and someone pops in for the first episode, likes whoever does those episodes, comes in for the next week, and we're like, we're back, and they're like, wait, what? Yeah. They're like, um, but you know, it's just it's just holiday stuff. I'm going to Fort Worth this weekend, uh, this coming weekend, uh, which will uh, be the second of December. The date, not the yeah. Weekend. This was Thanksgiving week, so we didn't have a lot of time. Yeah, and, and schedule's pretty rough for Saul because he is in retail technically. Pretty much, to an extent. yeah. Um, so with that being said, obviously he's got a crazy work schedule, and then uh, you know, it's just and then next week's going to happen with him. So. Hopefully Saul's here for all and episodes. He should be, and they're going to be. It's just we're recording on weird times, and then PSX is going to be weird. It's going to be a filler episode, but we're also going to do a episode from PSX from our hotel room. Uh, now that they've moved the showing around, oh, we are, or you are, yeah. Um, and now that they've moved the showing I didn't around, know that. the showcase is happening. It's not even a showcase. They're just call, or whatever they're calling it, like a. a get together thing and there's going to be a couple of announcements but nothing big they're not calling it a showcase or a keynote it's on friday now yeah i remember that which is super weird me and ryan were talking about it ended up coming around that uh he, he thought maybe i was wrong but did end up i was right and i'm glad he was able to clarify because 
that is kind of a yeah, he a clarified bad thing. with Sid Schumann. So um, we're all oh. good. But um, yeah, with all that being said, we're gonna Friday night is probably we're gonna record for the PSX one. So there will be two episodes that week. We'll probably we'll probably post the episode as soon as it gets done rendering for us uh, for the PSX one. So that'll pop up on the weekend, probably Friday night or Saturday morning. So you and Blaze are gonna <laughs> record one at PSX, yeah. And then we're gonna record one the Wednesday before. Yeah. So there will be a typical episode on Monday following our standard schedule, uh, and then for if everything goes as planned, which there's no reason it shouldn't, we will have at least a majority of a weeks of content to release Monday through Friday alongside the normal podcast. Are you, how are you going to release the one from uh, PSX, the uh, triangle squared? Uh, yeah. Just whenever it's done, I'm going to go ahead and upload it. Okay. So is it going to be like, is that going to be 37? Uh, we'll figure that it'll probably just be a bonus episode. So it won't be 37. Okay. We'll just let See, that's that what I'm be, trying to figure out my mind about yeah. when, um, look at that. We're, our, we're delegating we're, on, uh, this is like a, uh, this is y'all, y'all getting like a behind the scenes kind of episode here. Yeah. Sorry uh, about that. Cause I'm sure that's, speaking, well, hey, look, if you want to hear it, that's cool. But well, speaking of behind the scenes and stuff, uh, for everybody that knows we have a Twitter, it's a uh, triangle SQRD. Uh, we always post it in the description. So follow us there and on our pinned tweet, the number one, uh, tweet on our profile, it will show you a link to our discord. Uh, we made this. Um, <laughs> I kind of jumped into it because I thought it was a cool idea. Brett, I think it's still a good idea, it. but I've just not done it. To Brett be fair, I've, I've been flipping it. through phones, and that means that I'm not. I mean, I just had to re-download Twitter. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been a little bit out of the game, but, uh, but I, I'm going to hop on that. I wanted to do that because not only like do we talk to you guys on Twitter, but Discord is pretty much like a chat room like service in which. It's almost as if you were texting us back and forth, and we're all together in a chat room hanging out. Yep. And uh, it's been pretty fun so far. We've gotten uh, Shariko, uh, RJ Loki. We have Jeff um, and uh, uh, Jeff from Kind of Funny Best Friends. And um, oh yeah. And uh, we have we've had a good time so far. We talked about World War Two in there, and um, a couple other things here and there, like the sales. So uh, Ryan, okay, well, cool. Yeah, I mean, I think you're missing out. Idea. You better get it, Ryan. You better join us. Um, and uh, World End, I don't know if you have a Twitter. If not, uh, at least make a Discord because I really like the input you provide on the YouTube comments. So um, at least you'd be able to provide that input um, not only on YouTube, but you'd and be intermingle able to hang out. because I'm not sure. You know, sometimes we do touch base back on what you've said, but sometimes maybe our listeners who are a little more Twitter focused don't always get to see your responses. I think sometimes they're really good. Uh, and sometimes that I just, it slips the mind to be able to, you know, mention some of the things he brings up, but he brings a lot, like we mentioned last episode, uh, in terms of knowledge of basic technology and where stuff's coming in. He corrects us every now and then we mess up on, I didn't uh, know Hellblade was for native resolutions. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, you know, I think it's easy to get caught up in thinking that PS4 pro checkerboards everything because that's the way they've marketed it so much, hard. Yeah. Uh, but obviously some games just don't because another game that he had mentioned, cause I wasn't actually sure, uh, they didn't clarify, but he clarified that it was going to be a uh, Medicare solid five. I think it was actually five ran at 1440 P native, no upscaling no che- or no uh, checkerboard. Yeah. Uh, upscaling. It was just, you that's, know, that's pretty cool. For that the, to be fair, it runs at a native 1440 P and then it goes up to 4k by your TV upscaling. If you have a 4k TV, that's just natural upscaling. Uh, right. Right, but Which, anyway, yeah, that's one thing about like computers and stuff that I have never dabbled in is resolution and and the way that super sampling like Microsoft was doing works, and then how upscaling, how checkerboarding works. Because to me, right now, I'm still on well, down sampling because he down talked, sampling, he did yeah, talk yeah. about the differences between super sampling and uh, down sampling. Yeah, and, and for uh, me, I, I'm not. I'm which not, I kind of knew that there was a difference, but I just thought they were so similar. They were just two different techniques to get a similar achievement. Right. But he went into the fact that one's a little more brute force than the other. But I've never gone past that. Yeah, 1080p. What and sir, have you been playing the same two games? 
What are those two games? Does that mean you did not get into Destiny again this week? Nope. Uh, did not get into Destiny at all. But How do you feel about all the stuff going on with uh, players not being too happy and the experience stuff going on? Yeah, I, I'm pretty... the experience was rigged. Pretty let down uh, by Bungie. Um, a lot of people are, and it's funny because a lot of people are comparing the game to Overwatch in the sense of if you have a complaint with Overwatch or it's a wide-known issue... Techni- or typically, Jeff Kaplan or somebody else from the community team will interact with you about it. And Bungie has always had the issue about being silent. And they finally let the live team take care of the, not development, but, you know, the updates and the communications yeah. and community stuff. Community outreach. So it's, I'll uh, say that. That's a bad word for it, but yeah. Well, there is lack of outreach. That's the thing is um, they don't have that. And, you know, they, they said they fixed the leveling because uh, basically what it was doing was scaling your leveling back. And kind of depending on the activities you. that you were doing. Yeah, and they said they fixed it. They didn't. They literally said that they, they, I they thought had it fixed sounded it. like they turned it off and then were going to monitor the way that it was versus the way that they felt like it would be best, and then turn it, and then kind of scale it again. But it did make it sound like it it fixed the issue at large that was going on at the well, moment. Some, well, somebody was running with the, intent to do more. The reason this got called out is because somebody was running experiments and how much XP they were doing by doing certain things. And they'd get the same amount at the same level, but it would go up. The bar would go up a lesser amount. Well, and what, what, right? the, what, uh, it's the opposite of that. I'm pretty sure it's, they would, the bar would go up higher, but they'd get less experience than what's shown. I thought it was no, that, no, yeah, you're right. It, yeah, because you it are. was yeah. the complaint was that not, they were making it harder for you to get bright ingrams, so, so that you, you have you'd have more. Yeah, yeah, which uh, is a weird situation. I mean, with all I don't the know stuff if that's on, true. Um, it sounds like it very well could be the case, but I don't know if that was their intentions. If so, that's really really bad intentions. Um, well, and, and there's a million reasons it could have happened, and then, of course, bearing it in the code is an easy way up. I'm not going to say that was what it was. Yeah, I I'm not going to. I didn't see. I'm I don't not, know if it was on purpose, but I do know that one of the people who are doing these experiments uh, with experience, when they said they fixed it, he went back a couple of days later, and they were still in place. So they didn't exactly fix it the way people wanted. So what I'm curious about though is. If it if it was intentional, do you not think someone at Destiny was like, look, people literally spend days trying to figure out how to break this game and looking at everything that's wrong with it, they're going to find out. It's and it, and it may have been one of those things of where like we can do it till we get caught. I don't want, I don't know. Like, but I would you really want to take that chance? I see, but it could be somebody at Activision. That's, well, that's what I'm saying. But you don't feel like Bungie'd be able to fight back enough in that particular front. I mean, they. I have, would hope so. I hope so too. Against but, Activision, know, I'm not sure. That's a weird thing. I mean. It's just it's funny that they're both on blast for similar with it and Star Wars. Both games are on blast for somewhat similar reasons. It's just unsavory things happening on the back end. Hey, see what well, what really makes me mad is that Destiny Two the Ingrams aren't really pay to win. So it's like, why would you make people want to buy those in the first place for just purely cosmetic items? Because well, it's it's about getting money back. Well, no, 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 I know, but so, at I mean, least yeah, but it's, at it's, least it's, Battlefront they'll throw you into a game and you get your your butt kicked and you're like, I gotta go get stronger. Let me go buy these. Let star me spend cards. twenty bucks. Yeah. And, and so like Destiny's like, let me do all this work and I don't like you get an Ingram and you're like, that's kind of cool, you know. But it's it doesn't sound like they were trying to make you. Or it doesn't seem like there's a reason to make you spend money on Ingrams from a gameplay perspective. It does from a monetary and business, but not a gameplay. Um, but I have, besides that, I have been playing, uh, or not I, besides that, because I hadn't, but World War II, I've been playing. That's a great little game to take breaks from for uh, Final Fantasy XIV, 
which is another game I've been playing gotcha. heavily, heavily into. Did you play the campaign for World War Two, or did you only really dipped like into multiplayer? Three missions in. It's the same with almost every Call of Duty game except Advanced Warfare, where I get like three missions in and then I just get sucked into multiplayer. And I don't really care anymore. Um, but uh, I was gonna help uh, our good buddy uh, Cody and Cody Parker. Oh and, yeah. Um, I was I was want to say his little brother's name Corey. But and it, it it gets me, and I know people are like that with me and my brother. But uh, I was gonna help him get the Bloodborne plat. He needed the Chalice Dungeons left, but it turns out that he got them anyways. But when I uh, got a new PS4, I don't have any Bloodborne saves, so not even through cloud. And I don't know how that is. I don't know if I never cloud saved that. I thought it was. Uh, I thought I did it uh, like by itself, but I could be wrong. Um, but I thought it was uh, kind of weird, and that may give me a reason to go back and play through Bloodborne all the way through just to get through the DLC. But, yeah, I have been playing a uh, Black Mage on Final Fantasy XIV, and then just recently I got to level 50, got all my cool gear from doing the level 50 Black Mage quest, and then I have swapped over to a Arcanist class, or Arcanist class, and I... To so get is that like more mage-based? Um, kind of from what I see, like it's, it, it's, a uh, it's the prelude to the summoner class. Okay. You have to get to level 30, then you level 30, I think. Yeah. To get to summoner. But, uh, other than that, really those two games, I got persona five on sale, um, through the PlayStation store for 30 bucks. I had a coupon to use with it, got it cheaper and I will be playing that shortly. I don't know when, but I know it'll be soon. Because I know I'm going to have to beat that game before the end of this year. I got you. All right. Well, in my twist, I did not play Diablo at all this week. Me and Donovan did not. I reached out to him a couple times, but just actually just to do things outside of gaming and schedule conflicts happen. Uh, so I didn't play that at all. Uh, I don't think I mentioned this last week. I'm pretty sure I beat it right after we recorded the day after. Uh, I did beat my first run through of uh, SteamWorld Dig. I'm okay. wondering if I want to run through it again and work towards the... It doesn't have a platinum, which kind of sucks, but if, I don't know if I want to work towards the 100% or if I want to just hop into the SteamWorld Dig 2 and see if it has a platinum and then start going towards that one and also get a new game out of it. Uh game was really good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Mustache, <laughs> mustache hairs. <laughs> anyway, um, I... I just I kind of want something new to play, uh, but I may just keep running through that game because that game is really fun. Uh, but I need something to play for the train and uh, with the train the the plane ride to um, the flight. That's what they're called. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> you're, you're throwing uh, me off. PSX. Uh, so me and Blaze have been talking about that and didn't know if I wanted to hop back into Salt and Sanctuary or not. But moving on to what I have played, uh, I picked up a couple games that I've not touched, but I'm going to go ahead and talk about those. I picked up Deadpool because I got it cheap enough. And I was like, hey, you know what? At this price and the fact that you can't get it digital anymore, I'm just going to go ahead and pick it up. I've heard decent enough things about it, and High Moon's a good studio. Uh, I picked up Hidden Agenda. I somehow was unaware completely that all of the PlayLink games, A, require you to play them with their phone. There's no way to play them traditionally at all. That's that's and, that's the one, I, not grudges I have against it, but one of the things about it I don't yeah, necessarily love. And then secondarily, they are all $20 from what I've seen so far. And I, I was surprised because definitely with the quality of Hidden Agenda, it just is really surprising to me. Uh, that that ended up going down. So I picked up that, and then I finally picked up Need for Speed Payback, which is something I had pre-ordered, but I didn't pick up because I just it didn't jump out at me, and I had too much stuff going on. Is that but the new new one? Newest one, and I pre-ordered it. This is like three weeks later. I got it for thirty dollars. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't like the fact that there's no parts for you to add to your car. What like, do you mean? There's only things called cards. That. Yeah. 
I wanted to look into that because the game looked like it was built around. Are you sure you're not talking you about custom, just with the classics? You, you can customize your car, but you have to use cards now. Well, I'm from, to, what, from every review I've watched, and I can't watch. Like I'm gonna I'm, have to see that because there was yeah, like a, you like, can fix up these older cars, and I thought that cards went into that, but we'll see. Um, um, but yeah, it sounds like if you wanted a new muffler, you're gonna get a card from like a ran, a random drop in when you run a race, and then that'll be how you upgrade the car. I'm not gonna say no to any of that until I play it and see, but I really enjoyed the last Need for Speed uh, from 2015. Thought it was a good game, and if this iterates on it in any real way and, and has at least a passable story, I'll probably be satiated. Definitely with it being thirty dollars, that's less of a risk. If I don't like it, I'll just get rid of it. Um, but going back to what I did play, I finally hopped into Dot Hack. I'm probably, I mean, don't, I've never played the game, so I don't know, uh, but I'm a good bit into the first Dot Hack signed to you or Dot Hack to you. Um, Loving it. You know, this is a game series. This is a game I've never played. It's a series I liked when I played the original ones, but uh, little weird things that are just like small complaints. Uh, voice acting, almost the whole game is voice acted. Um, but even with the voice acting, unless it's a fully animated cutscene, uh, the lips do not move on any of the characters, which makes it really hard to figure out if they're PS2 saying stuff game. out loud. Yeah, but 2006 and 2007 PS2 game. Yeah, that's true. That's late PS2 That game. was when P- other games were doing full range, but it's it's a budget game. Even the Devil May Cry series from Devil May Cry 1, I'm pretty sure Devil May Cry 1 had lip movement, right? I don't know about Devil May Cry 1 because it had locked cameras and stuff, but it probably did. Um, but it's also well, a way bigger scenes. budget. Well, yeah, but I mean, but these are in-engine cutscenes until and they flip over to, when they're fully animated well, cutscenes. Yeah, they go. In, there's there's mouth movement, but right. the majority of the game is in in-game cutscenes. Didn't Kingdom Hearts one don't have a lot, like lip? No, movement? it had lip movement, but there was ones where you could see full articulation of the mouth, and then there were some where it was just the black yeah. the black texture opening and closing, which is still better because right. the problem I've run into is there's a couple times and the subtitles don't do enough uh, to show you if they're saying it out loud or in their head. And sometimes they're saying stuff in their head, like the main character is talking to himself, but oh. you can't quite tell it because you can't. Their mouths never move. Um, but the story's really good. Combat's a little weird. There, it, there's no dodge roll, but there's block and there's no jump. But I'm getting used to it. I'm hoping those are in later games. Uh, and then uh, I want to say I played something else, but oh, uh, Skyrim VR. Uh, and I talked. You, about, are you enjoying that? I am loving it so far. And I don't be wrong. I'm not saying it's without its flaws, but it's really interesting. And one of these days when you're off, you should come check it out. It's pretty interesting, uh, and there's a couple of things that, again, while not perfect, are good enough. Like uh, bow stuff feels very satisfying because you actually have to pull the arrow and notch it. I may have to play that next Wednesday when we record the small podcast, but uh, I'm not going to show it on camera nothing. But that's how the upgrade system looks in Need for Speed. I want to show Brett now for all those audio listeners. It's a it's literally a, a, a grid system that has these benefits on them. They look like cards. Um, I don't know. We're going to see if that's really a card or not, if that's just you weren't rolling through the, the menu, because that doesn't look too terribly different from the way the menu system no, if you looked go, in the last game. But. Yeah, it does look... It, it looks the same, um, but like if you go through here, it is and again, all... It may, it may make more speed sense Speed cards story, represent but. the soft RPG progression for individual cars. You get them by winning races or gaining shipments. Loot boxes. <laughs> for level well, no, the, well, the shipments are just the games based around being a, like it's uh, Fast and Furious, it's like a heist. Thing. No, no, I know. I think, but you could buy loot, uh, shipments were real money. Is, uh, what, is what you probably can. Is what they is what that review said. I don't know if that review is right. No, it probably is. Um, uh, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's a natural story thing. But anyway, that's what I've played. I don't think I've played anything else. I didn't. I've been a little busy this week, so I've not just been out of my way. I do need to finally hop into the Marvel uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Telltale game, but I've not done yeah. that yet. Uh, but I will, and uh, if anybody's played it and liked it, please tell me before I go spending too much time. I've already spent my money, but time is a little different. I just I just haven't heard anything either way uh, about this one, so it's a little hard for me. I, I want to just trust it, and I hope it's good, but I've, I wonder if it did very well. 
I will say that um, monetarily, because it doesn't mean it's a bad game. It, but if you want something to spend your time on, the entire complete edition for Final Fantasy XIV is twenty five dollars on Amazon. <clears throat> I'm good for now. And I was gonna say um, that will literally time. it has nothing against the game. It's time. I don't your time I, can't away. Do can't do it. Got still too much to play because with Christmas coming up, December hitting, I am most likely about to buy once I get through dot hack one at least, and I'm kind of getting a feel for how long the games are gonna be. I'm probably gonna go ahead and hop in and buy Steering Wheel and Gran Turismo. Uh, yeah, that'd and then, be cool. So one thing that was actually kind of cool is that Sony did talk about the fact that they're uh, listening to fans at least, you know. From a business perspective, they're saying you talk, you ask, we listen. Um, there's going to be some traditional updates to the Gran Turismo Sport that looks like they're going to add some form of a campaign, a natural campaign. Cool, uh, a I'll, I'll definitely play it then. I, I want that natural campaign. I uh, want, I want. Uh, which I felt like it was fine for it to not be there because they didn't number this one. I felt like on purpose. This was not Gran Turismo yeah. Seven on purpose. I'm, I'm, um, I'm interested to see Gran Turismo Seven. It's kind of exciting to me. It's if me. that's going to be a thing and how far out it is, it's going to be a little bit weird. I would, but. I would hope like three years at the latest. Um, because it sounds like they already have we'll a see, good man. engine. We'll see. Because I mean, hopefully, because it's already been more than it's been what four years, I think, since Gran Turismo Six. It came out PS3 2013, I think. So yeah. If I guess, so, it's been four years, and I mean, maybe maybe a launch some, title for PS5. There's been arguments that Gran Turismo Sport was unfinished at launch. I don't agree with that. Actually, I feel like the type of game is different. The argument seems to stem from the fact that people expected it to be. Not so online based, uh, whereas I kept mean, saying the the sport aspect was to pull away from a traditional Gran Turismo game and have more interconnectivity and be more of this games as a service idea, which I don't mind. I think it's an interesting idea, and as long as you can do it right, which it sounds like they are. Uh, you know what? This is a great time since this is a small episode, and I think it's an interesting enough thing for people to hear about in general. Uh, Ryan, and it ended up getting buried in tweets and I forgot to find it for user questions, but it's one of the better ones I've had. He was asking, how do we feel about timed events in games? Uh, are, are events that come around, but you only have so many days to do Oh, I them. love them. Uh, and his argument was that you missed out. Uh, and we talked about a little more on the division, but before I talk into what his, what his thoughts kind of were, and I, I may miss out a little bit. So Ryan, um, feel free to, you know, expound on Twitter if you'd like, um, but what do you kind of, I mean, so you love them, but what do you love about them? Um, it makes like, now when I get these timed events, I, I'm thinking more so of like maybe holiday events. Okay. So what do you, do you mean, incorporate that? To be fair, I don't think, I don't think he's saying that that's like, that's not part of it, but I think he's more talking about like a perfect example of recent uh, time period is like, um, Assassin's Creed Origins, like a two weeks after launch, not even two weeks. I didn't have time to beat the game and I play games pretty quickly. Normally, Assassin's Creed's long. Uh, they had the Trials of Anubis, which is a thing where you had to be a certain level to really stand a chance, and you only had a week to do it. And now there's a new tri- uh, trial out to fight Sobek, uh, Trials of Sobek or something like that. Um, and these only exist for about a week, and then they go away, and they carry with them gear that you can only get through them. Now, I knew that you'd feel a little bit about them because you like the idea of like uh, Iron Banner and stuff, but Iron Banner doesn't typically carry exclusive per Iron Banner, right? It's just Iron well, Banner the stuff. gear. That's per year, reason. per year. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, that's what you're talking about, right? Iron Banner has year one, and every time it comes, you have a chance to get year one Iron Banner gear. Right. Okay, now, but I think he's talking about gear that's specifically locked behind this event. This is the only time you're going to be able to get it. I don't know if I've ever played a game like that. Uh, it seemed like whenever we were playing the Division 1 night, he was kind of aiming at the Division 2, like there's some stuff going on where you only get a week uh, to be able to get some of this gear that's in like a... I can't remember what they're called, but it's a, it's a timed event that goes on in that game. And he said they only give you a week to do it. 
Is it uh, and I can share his pain because I, I, we were playing Destiny quite a bit, and I still never got a single piece of Iron Banner armor, and I did play Iron Banner. Oh, bit. no, dude. That was one thing that people were mad about Bungie is that like they need to fix the drops because somebody said they turned in 75 Iron Banner tokens and got two Titan helmets, nothing else. Yeah, and I it's see a that. weird situation. So, I mean, I think that there's an argument to be made that, yes, I like, there, I like there's, there's people that can miss out on them. I think they're good, too, because I think that they give you more of a reason to come back than you would have if it was something you can get at any time. Well, like, my, my thing is, is I like them, but they need to allow, if you're going to do it, announce ahead of time that there is a level cap that you have to rec- you have to meet to do it and announce how long it's going to be. That way you can try and prep your week around it. I think that they right. do, but and I'm not saying so. I don't know Ryan's complete experience, but he had issues with it. There's some stuff going on on Gran Turismo uh, where you could get certain rims or something like that is what it made it sound like. And I, I actually didn't know that customization was that deep in that game on the demo. I didn't mess around with that much. But at least there were certain things you could only get during this time period. I know that much, it, be it paints or whatever, skins. Um and he said he sounded like he was missing out on those due to time constraints, which I think that that's his bigger argument is against them because he obviously he didn't like them. I, I can say why. Uh, now I kind of have an idea. Before I say why on his, I'm going to say for me, like I said, I think that there's good reasons because they give more reasons for someone to want to come back to a game, which is, again comes back to this idea of a games as a service. So Ryan's thing kind of comes down to the fact that he's a completionist. He wants to be able to get everything in the game. Just bam, you buy it, and here's the game, here's everything. You, you go ahead and get everything within the realm of the game. Or if right. they add it through DLC or through a, through something, they still always be able to get after they add it. Right, yeah, I um, understand. And it does sound like a lot of that comes, and I, I can completely understand that from being a father and somebody who works 50 hours a week uh, and has other hobbies that they want to pursue, like music and stuff. Is he a father? No. Okay, I no. couldn't remember um, if when we were playing The Division, he said he was or he wasn't. Um, no, uh, but... Still, it comes down to you only have so much time in a day. So sometimes even when you're trying your best, you just can't get it within the week. And then, you know, I I mean, I think that there's reasons to be upset about it. But I think for the most part, they do more to keep games alive. Uh, And I think that's the way that gaming is kind of moving. I'm not going to say that the whole way of gaming is moving, but there's definitely this new corner that's going to be these games of services ideas. And a lot of people are going to explore with it before we see whether they stick or not. Uh, like whether this comes a common thing in Assassin's Creed titles moving forward, you don't know right now. It looks like it, right? Um, but Which, it's experimentation. It, it, it's a cool thing to me, um, especially seasonal stuff. I love seasonal. Now stuff. I get the idea for seasonal stuff because games have been doing that for a long time. Runescape's yeah. done that. World I'm World looking Warcraft forward to that. Christmas and Final Fantasy for the first time because I yeah. started playing the game in February. Uh, but from the screenshots and stuff that I saw, and you know, Christmas during um, was it the dawning during uh, Christmas last year for Destiny One was. Really cool. cool. Yeah. And, and see, I Halloween. kind of get that one a little more because it makes sense as to why it's tied to a time period. Uh, right. And RuneScape's always done that with their thing. You have like normally 48 hours. That way, depending on when Christmas falls for you, it's kind of a weird thing. And that way you have time where you can still spend time with family, but you can still log on and do the Christmas quest, get the yeah. Christmas items. And see, that's, uh, what, that's something I, I've I think always that, done. But. I think that if they announce it ahead of time, and they, it, it meets a good requirement window like a week, not like two days or something. And I think that uh, if they announce the requirements to play it, uh, with the, the announcement of it, like you know, then you're you, you're you're generally you can, okay with it. And you even like the idea. Well, yeah, it, it, like, well, like it sounds say, like a fun. It sounds like a fun thing. That if like if I didn't if I didn't if I beat uh, Origins and I wanted to go back, that may very well in, uh, uh, make me want to go back. Like it sounds like a fun idea, but I understand that on a completionist side. That it is it messes with you too annoying. because now those things coming up. It's like, well, now I'm not come through with the game. Now there's new things that I haven't got, whereas that's before, true. like definitely for, and I don't have as much of it an issue because it's why I like the idea of a platinum. The platinum exists as a completion to me. 
Uh, and the platinum doesn't get taken away. Even if the game right. doesn't show 100% anymore, like uh, Crash Bandicoot, I had it, and then they added that slippery, that slippery slope and, level. and then that ruined my, my 100% on it. Yeah. But whatever. I still have the platinum. I right. still feel like I completed that game within the realm of what it was at launch, and I'm okay with that. Yep. Because uh, it, it, it led into a conversation when we were talking about uh, some of that. It led into the conversation of how I, I, and I've said it before on this, I always end up skipping out on DLC, and it's not a conscious decision. It literally does come down to the some of the only DLCs I've ever played have been because I bought the game with them on there. Dishonored, I played all the DLC for it, but I didn't play Dishonored until I bought it on PC with both the DLC for like $7 altogether. So I played Dishonored, and as soon as I was done Dishonored, I hopped into both first DLC, second DLC. It was like a nonstop thing for me. It started because we were talking about Horizon, uh, Frozen, you know, Zero Dawn, Frozen Wilds or whatever, and... I, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get it because I've already played the Horizon. It's going to be weird to jump back in, and it's going to—I forget to jump back in. I'm not thinking about going to buy this DLC and come back. Skyrim didn't release with DLC, right? And since I played Skyrim the first time and and beat it and beat the majority of it without ever know before the DLC was ever even in, in creation. When I play Skyrim, even now, when I have two versions that have all the DLC in, I play them throughout the base game because that's what my mind remembers. I'm not thinking about DLC. I've still not played any of the Skyrim DLC. I played like five minutes of Dragonborn, and then something came out. I forgot about it and never went back because I was like, oh, yeah, I'm done with Skyrim. Dragonborn's definitely worth it. Uh, Dragonborn's super cool. Um, and it's not that I have anything against it. And we were talking about The Witcher, Blood and Wine, and those two. And he was talking about those really good expansions. Uh, and, again, he's doing how I haven't played those. And he, he it's funny because I never really thought about it, but he keyed in on what it is. It has to be that I buy the game with it on there. He's like, well, what you need to do is just buy The Witcher, rebeat it, uh, or I still have my save. I wouldn't have to rebeat it. But by the Witcher, just jump back into playing it normally. Buy the complete edition that comes with the DLC already on the disc, the year, yeah. game of the year edition, and then just play the DLC that way. And that's actually a way I could do it. And I'm thinking about doing that because it's a problem I really do have. It's sometimes I see DLC. And I'm like, that's a cool idea. But more recently, we've been seeing things that I like even more. Death of the Outsider. I played this on a Death of the Outsider this week, and I beat it. It's a standalone disc. It's a standalone disc. Uncharted is the same way. Instead of it being DLC, it also was optional for me to buy it. Me being able to go to the store and buy it changes everything for me. I think about it. It's on my mind. Right. I pre-order it. It gets. I get reminded of it. Right. And then I can pop it in. I can look down at my game case and see it. That's and I certainly, know it's there. Yeah, that's certainly a, a, a different mindset. It's like I'm... It ties into like my digital thing. I don't buy games digitally. So why am I going to buy DLC? I don't think about buying games digitally. I don't ever go to the PlayStation Store. That's true. See, I just, I, I, I'm fascinated with how easy digital works. It's like... Uh, Friday night, I think, maybe Thursday night, I was at work, and I was uh, I was on break, and I noticed that on a Reddit post, somebody was like, oh, here's the, the Black Friday PSN sales, and I saw Persona, and I'm like, cool, go to the app, hit download, it's on my it's on my PS4 when I get home, and it's kind of like Bloodborne. If I didn't, uh, like, if I didn't have Bloodborne physically, I mean, digitally, I probably would have sold it, and I already did, that's why I, had to re- I re-bought it when it was on sale for 20 bucks, um, and... I sold it because I didn't. I thought I was done with it. But see, my whole thing is is now that I can. That's why I don't. I'm trade financially, games in. yeah, well, I'm financially stable. I don't need to trade games in. I can just buy them outright. Then, in which I would just buy the games digitally, and then I will always have them. And I will. I like. Uh, Cody was talking to me about Bloodborne. I just. Re, I just. He. We were text or PSN messaging back and forth. And I just opened up the PlayStation app, downloaded Bloodborne again, and I was. Yeah. I was 
at uh, work. I'm not saying I don't see the benefits of it. my haircut, I was doing something, yeah. Yeah, I'm not and saying I don't see the benefits. It's made me lazy. It, it, it has, because I don't want to change disc. Like, I, I like the idea of everything being on the PS4. Now, again, I guess it's also a setup of where you're going. Portably, that makes way more sense. I do that on my Vita. I do that on my Switch. I, I bought um, Mario Odyssey physical because um, I did have some stuff to get away uh, to get rid of that it was that was literally taking up room like the PlayStation camera you gave me with the PS4 that was a uh, resale value for like thirty dollars with the deal they were running. No, you traded it in for yeah, that? yeah. And I was good. like, you know, I was like, this is literally sitting in a box in the closet. Let me just trade this in and get the game for half off, really. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like uh, Breath of the Wild's digital. Um. Thumper is digital. Everything on my Switch is digital. Sonic Mania. And people can't steal it. You can't lose it. There's reasons. But, I mean, within a realm of normal, like, here I am, this is my setup, I normally don't have games missing. I normally check, and I'm cracking down on that more since I did have Titanfall 2 come up missing. Right, which is um, super weird. It happened we talked right about it. after we were like, oh, yeah, you have that game, let me borrow it. It yeah, was not so, me. I promise, yeah. audience. It was not me. So, uh, you would see that it had been recently played or a trophy would have been popped. <laughs> anyway. Guaranteed. It's, it's just it's weird. I, I kind of get that. And, and we've had people ask us before whether we prefer digital or physical. And it goes to show the mindset behind why I think you will always have to have physical. I don't think... I don't get me wrong. It's not saying that I can't change, but it would be a really hard change for me to make if they ever just went completely digital. I wouldn't like it. See, I think that since if I was good at Photoshop like you were, or if I just took time to learn or again, if I if I took time to learn out how to use it and yeah, make things free software, I would literally open source, literally go one hundred percent digital, and then every game I bought, I'd make my own case for it. Well, retro, if you liked it, retro enough, style, I guess, but no, I would do it because like I, I wouldn't buy a game I don't like. Typically, I don't think I ever. You don't know, and that's another thing about buying digital. It's harder for you to want to take a chance, right? Do you not feel like you, if you bought a game for sixty dollars and you end up hating it, that you would be a little myth that you bought it for sixty dollars? Because there's no return policy right now. I mean, but I don't, I don't, I don't buy games I'm iffy about. Well, even if you think that you're gonna, be, okay, what about, okay, let's just say, I mean, this is a crazy hard line example, but let's just say you didn't really, you you saw enough about Star Wars. You went dark on it. This is saying a normal consumer. Obviously, we keep a little more up with the news because we talk right. about it. But you, you you see Star Wars Battlefront 2. You're like, that looks cool. They're adding a story. That one, one of the things I like from the first game. I'm gonna, I've am gonna. seen this much. I don't want to spoil anything else in case they show story stuff. I'm going to go dark on the game. Day of comes out. You're like, great. Bam. $60. Download it straight to my PlayStation. Comes out. You play. You're like, Ugh, what is this? Yeah, I could definitely see the being that kind of person. Like, and and what's funny is before we started before we started doing this, you actually used to kind of try and keep dark on games that you were mostly interested in. Now, close to release, now, you yeah. would you would try. See, I love reviews for the fact. It, 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 I don't care about your <coughs> like. I don't care about people's opinions during their reviews for the most part. But they can tell I you if care about broken or not. Yes, and that is what I care about. Um, like I watched two or three reviews for Super Mario Odyssey. And like I knew, I was like, I played the demo game, so I'm like, I, it's it's 3D Mario. I've never not liked a 3D Mario game, so I'm gonna get it. Um, the biggest game that I think that I have bought and immediately regretted, I know it's there, and I can't think of what it is. Let me look at my trophies real quick. There is something I bought, and I'm pretty sure I bought physically too, though. Mass Effect Andromeda. No, I bought that because it was during my oh we oh no, it's in the same vein. Watch Dogs Two. You did buy Watch Dogs. Yeah, too. and I that game was that. hot garbage. So. Uh, yeah. I actually, what I did was I went to GameStop and you, I was on vacation and I was like, I need some games to play on vacation. So I picked up Nier and I was playing Nier and then I needed a game to play in between long RPG breaks. So I picked up 
Watch Dogs. Watch Dogs was so bad, and I'm so glad I bought it used at GameStop because I took it right on back two days later. I picked up Mass Infect Andromeda, but I bought that new because it was on sale. So that's how they got you. I traded in Mass Effect Andromeda for Grand Theft Auto Five again, I think. Uh, you need help, son. Yeah, I bought that game like four times. Well, anyway, I just it's it's an interesting conversation, but that's why I think that there's reasons to be said that the digital future is a little scary for some. And yeah, there's, there's and reasons think, as to why. Because, you know, I mean, I do the same thing with movies because movies, trailers start to show too much when they get close to release. Once I have at least general interest. It's just dark. I, yeah, you try and just go dark as you can. I'm, I'm like that with Star Wars. I haven't watched the last two trailers. I don't need to. I think there's only been two trailers. Uh, there's been two in like the last two months. Yeah. That's my understanding. Well, I'm only, only, ever, I think there's only two. I don't know. I think there's three because I've only ever watched the very first one. And I was like, okay, good enough I have, for me. I have a pretty, I have a pretty good theory about what's going to happen in that movie. That I am literally, if I tell you about it, I talk to you about it. I really like want to warn you that this could very well be. I'm so, I'm so, sure. so sure that I know that that's going to be what happens. Well, Saul, that, this isn't like, a movie podcast. Is, yeah, so. like, I have to give you a spoiler warning because I know this is. What's Whenever we inevitably make that and do an off-topic co- podcast of some sort or a movie podcast, which I, I have to watch more movies for that to be viable. But hey, maybe you and someone else. Who knows I don't watch any movies now. <laughs> I just recently started watching Black Mirror. Have you ever watched that? Uh, the the uh, anime? No, the Netflix show. Oh yeah, the the UK one, right? Yeah, dude, that show's weird. I haven't watched it. It's now. a good weird though. I told you I canceled Netflix. That's right. I would honestly review. They're I, I would, dead to me. I would renew it for Black Mirror. They're dead to Black me. Black Mirror is so weird of a show. They're dead to me. No, they they just because they took off your very terrible sitcom. Anyways, let's hey, jump into the real meat of RJ the show. RJ Loki would argue, sir, and so would a you handful can, of other listeners. That's an opinion I just know is wrong. Like they say, there is no wrong opinions. If you like How I Met Your Mother, your your opinion is wrong. I hate you. <laughs> but anyways, so we uh, with Thanksgiving just a couple of days ago, we we're gonna go over games we were thankful for, and this for me was an interesting topic because I thought of. A couple games. I'm that my tape, boy. I really, I, it's, I like it. Um, but a couple games that really got me back into the meat and bones of gaming, as well as what started. So, how about you go ahead and go with your list? I don't know if you have a long list or. Yeah, okay, I didn't list. really make a list because I want to say well, kind yeah, of where my mind went games. on this. Um, so where my mind went is games that I am thankful for that existed because sometimes they didn't do financially well enough. To have a reason to come out with another one, or oh, this is all a personal thing for me. This I did not take in any. No, no, this is all personal. But okay. but I'm saying that I'm thankful they exist because they most likely shouldn't have, and someone was crazy enough to give them a financial. Like, go ahead, here's here's my money. Risk not getting it back, and then become successful. Well, it just Final depends Fantasy. because <laughs> there's there's times that are not like that. Yeah, that was that was that saved Enix. Yeah, uh, crazily enough, or Square. I'm sorry, not Square Soft. Yeah, Square Soft. Um, but with all that being said, uh, my mind kind of went towards a perfect example of this, and I've said it a few times, and I just feel like this is a good time. To, I've not said it on the show. I think I've mentioned it mostly on Twitter. Uh, my, my kind of go-to for that uh, first game is Nier Automata. Um, okay. And that comes from the fact that I'm, ex- I'm thankful that game exists specifically for the reason that I think you remember me saying this when they announced it. That game should not exist. Yeah, I remember, and I, I think we talked about in it on the terms show. in terms of sales, general re, like general reception at launch. The game reviewed poorly. The game sold extremely poorly. It only became a big game for people years late, like not even years later, but a about following. a year later when it you know it came out and it's a cult following. It was it never still sold very well. I told you they were so astonished with how well Nier Automata did that they reprinted Nier in UK. 
Which is nuts. So that people could play it. Uh, and then another perfect example is people who never got to play the original played Atomata that liked it so much they went back to find the original. Perfect example of that, Mr. Josh Ayers, Australia. Yeah. He finally found it. Ayers, I don't know how to say his name. But Ayers, that being said, there it, it's a game that by all means, I remember when they announced it, I was like, why? I'm excited as all kid out, but literally, why does this exist? I was like, and it's a, the so I'm gonna expand that a little bit further. The fact that the Draken Near is what that's called because they're all connected in the universe. Right. The fact that the Yoko Taro universe exists is amazing to me. Yoko Taro and I needs love it. to his remake games, the first one. His games are beautiful. His games I would I consider those games art, and they're a very different take on things than usual. So the fact that those have continued to go and that he's excuse me he's continued to get chances until it stuck. I'm just thankful for that. I, I, that's that's one of those things. Uh, another game that kind of strikes to mind where I'm glad that the trilogy exists, even though they apparently none of them ever made as much money as they were expected to, Dead Space Trilogy. None of them ever performed expectation. Uh, they're very expensive to make. Horror games are, and most people stray away from horror because another perfect example of that is uh, Evil Within 2 has sold very poorly. Uh, I think even worse than the first game. No, that is not true. That can't be. I've seen so many more people talk about Evil Within Two than the first game. Talk about one thing, but sales I'm talking, I'm talking are more about enjoying. Like, oh, maybe, but it doesn't matter about enjoying. It's the first game had performance issues, which gave oh, yeah. the enjoyment factor Black box, a backseat. Twenty frames per second with drops. Uh, there's all sorts of, but in terms of general sales, if I'm not mistaken, that game actually sold less than the first That's game did. Nuts to me. Um, I would have thought that that game, like I've I've seen so many critics talk about how good the, the horror is that uh, I think Shinji does in those games. Yeah. And it's very reminiscent of a Silent Hill 2, which is actually I was playing through um, Evil Within 1, and it, it gave me Silent Hill 2 vibes. I mean, I could see that. It's just, it's it's an interesting setup. I think that there's reasons that horror games don't continue to get made, and that's because they're very hard to do. Most of the good horror games recently have been uh, from indie studios. I mean, like you see Red Barrels did Outlast and Outlast 2. Those were Outlast both, 2 I heard was pretty pretty bad. I haven't heard anything about it. Some people didn't like it. It, it was bad due to the, the nature of the story. No, I heard, and, it, I heard but, it was bad due to the, the... It's not a difficulty thing, but it's a... Um, it's a reoccurring uh, thing that kills you constantly. And it's a it's more of a... Uh, but bad from a game design side. Well, yeah. Um, it's more of a you get chased, you die, you get chased, you die, you get chased, you hide, you live, then you get chased again and you die. It's like, I don't know. I'm still interested to play it because I've heard very good things about the story. I saw um, a wiener in the first game. Those, those yeah, games you are, did. You saw a very odd looking weird. wiener. Yeah. Um, those games are definitely weird. Yeah, that, that, that happens. Uh, I'm going to kind of go off on this tangent a little bit longer about this specific tangent. Uh, Death of the Outsider specifically. The fact that that exists after Dishonored 2 also did not perform very well in sales. I think because um, I honestly think it was in development before the game released. I think they, I think they plan on. I don't know about that, uh, but I also think it's, that game came together real fast. Uh, I, well, I mean, maybe. I'm, and then again, I, it's using it's assets not very, from it's two. not very long, and it's built on two's engine and assets yeah. from two, and you play as a character that already existed in two. So there's a little less reason to go. It, it's it's weird, but what it comes down to is that the Dishonored series as a whole is, a, is another series that I, I'm surprised and glad exists. I don't think it's surprising that the first one exists. It, Arcane's obviously a talented developer. Bethesda saw that they gave them a chance. Apparently, it didn't, they really they didn't make enough money for what they made enough to want to give it another shot, right? Uh, but they did not meet expectations, and the second one apparently did not either. Uh, it's actually funny the whole death of the outsider thing is a cap on the series. There's no way for them to move chronologically forward now without introducing some kind of very very weird thing. Uh, and I'm glad that they did it. It's likely their last game. 
in that series. It's like it's likely the last game that will ever be seen in that series, but it was very good. That makes me really um, want to play too. And I think Arcane or a fantastic studio. Prey didn't do very well. I I, no. I hope that Arcane sticks around because while Prey didn't hit the same things I love about the Dishonored thing, getting back into Death of the Outsider, it, it's exactly how I felt when I played Dishonored two. Getting back into that world is just. Is is amazing. I actually kind of want to replay too. It's it's such a good game. Just from uh, the praise demo, it's like it got old really fast with the mimics. It was a super cool concept. The game design's also weird though because much. the game design set up to where you can beat the game very quickly. Yeah. it's all about what you know. I mean, it's and that uh, Dishonored Two got beat very quickly too, though. All of their games because of the free open nature of them. But I think that Prey was a little too open and a little too deliberate, uh, and it's use of free choice um and I, I don't know it's it's weird but i if you played dishonored one yes right you need I, I to play never, dishonored two. I never I have it borrow I never it play dishonored it when you have one. A, pl- oh but i know i know what had happened that's one reason i never beat it oh that's so i know the story yeah right, play two. Oh, actually i say that if you ever get the definitive edition for dishonored one i have it i have downloaded oh i've had it downloaded for like for a while okay now. so don't I had it physically don't, for a while. don't worry about dishonored one Unless you can't play the DLCs without beating it, if you can play the DLCs, play them. Oh, okay, because the, the DLCs, DLCs the DLCs matter into two, and they also matter into Death of the Outsider. It's a very tight universe. They pay very close attention to what's going on and the characters they use. Uh, I'm glad they've done that. But that's another series. Uh, trying to go off on a little bit more. I'm going to think a little bit longer because I think I know the last one. Of, no, you know I'm going to go ahead and say it. Gravity Rush Two. Gravity Rush Two should not have existed. But I'm thankful it did. Yeah, I was gonna say this is a thankful thing. <laughs> so, so you enjoyed your time with that game? Was Gravity Rush too? Yeah, absolutely. It was everything I wanted in a sequel. Uh, again, highly likely to be the last game in that in that franchise. Uh, there's almost no way they'd give it another shot. Uh, they didn't even talk about Gravity Rush Two sales. I've never seen anything about it. I don't even think it ever broke a hundred. Uh, I mean, a million sales. Um, it likely is going to live alongside Sly Four and being the last of its series. Uh, but we will damn well see. I forgot completely about you, uh, Scorp Wild, and uh, Mitch in our Discord. I'm sorry, you guys. Um, but it's interesting that you brought up Gravity Rush too, because over the past couple of days of us all talking in Discord, which you guys should join just to have fun with us, um, Shiriko pointed out, let me double check that it was Shiriko. 99% sure it was. Um, but he pointed out that Gravity Rush 2 should have been on a really good sale this time around because the servers are closing soon. Wouldn't it have been a good last goodbye to put it on sale for a really good, you know, $20, $30 and get everybody to play it? for? They, they gave that game everything they could have. The only thing I could say is that I think that game, was it $60 at launch? Even if it was, I don't care. Even if it should, it, No, it was. Uh, I want to say it was. pointed out, yeah. World End. World End, yeah. Uh, it should have been 40 It would have been a smarter move. But you know what? The game got free DLC for being pushed back. They gave it to Raven. It was Raven DLC. That they handled the ending of this franchise with fan service, uh, and I think they did it well. They let the game be what it needed to be. I think two was fantastic. It answered every question that one left and lingered. It didn't open any new doors or make you question anything that's very like highly important to the world that's going on. And even though I haven't played the Raven DLC, I need to. I really need to. Um, I I think it's cool that they expanded on Raven because Raven is obviously a fan favorite. People liked her a lot. Yeah. Uh, that's another. I think Sony does a good job at letting games exist the ultimate that waifu. sometimes would not exist. You know, I mean, it's just it comes down to the fact that Gravity Rush ever came out as a first party title was already weird to me. 
Uh, it's not normal it's for not them. A, yeah, it's not a first party. It's not a. It doesn't look like a first party title. But it Japan Studio, play. Japan Studio does a lot of different stuff, man. They're they're they are the odd Demon PlayStation. Souls, right? Yeah, and then Bloodborne, they helped develop both of those. But they are the odd studio out for Sony. I think that if we're going to go into Thankful, a lot of this branches back to some of the developers. I'm thankful that Arcane exists, and I hope they continue to exist in some form or fashion. Uh, fantastic developers. I think that uh, the Gravity Rush team, which is Team Siren, I think is uh, what it is, Project Siren. Um, very great studio. I hope that they get to continue making games. Um, my la- I mean, it's it's so weird. There's so many games that come out, and you're like, I'm just glad that these developers have gotten to continue despite sales fighting against them right Uh, and i'm glad that we have the studios to make these games so really it comes down to it's thankful for sony kind of letting these ideas foster and then also square enix letting some of these ideas foster um but saw let's go into yours because i've been talking a little too long well i'm gonna give a a shout out to another company just get out of the way is that uh, a links to the past is probably one of the most games i'm thankful for just because influence right first actual video game i ever played wouldn't have gotten into video games probably if it wasn't for that. Um, and that that whole that one game transpired into the person I am today because of the, the amount of time I put into it. When we were broke, and I think we still we still had a Nintendo sixty four. I would still hook up uh, the Super Nintendo and play A Link to the Past with Seth and Chase and uh, my brother Seth. And there's two Seths, two different people. Um, and <laughs> you know, it was, Seth. yeah, and it was so fun to like, I remember um, that I was probably in seventh grade, maybe, and I was still playing the game, even though we had a PS2. There was an ice storm that we got out of school for for a couple of days, uh, or just a really bad snowstorm. And um, we played that, like they came over, we had, you remember them Pop-Tarts that were Pop-Tart sticks that you could break apart? They were super good. I do. We got the fudge ones, and we sat there, and we ate a box of those a day, and played that while drinking Mountain Dew. It was super fun, so shout out to A Link to the Past. But, I'm going to go ahead and say that the game I am most thankful for leans into a series, but it is, of course, the Soulsborne series. Um... Demon Souls came at a really, really good downtime in my life, because... It's I funny because stuck. it was well after the game released. Right. Um, I was stuck on the same repetitive, boring stuff on 360. And I was stuck. like I was tired of Borderlands and Battlefield 3 and Call of Duty, World War th- or Modern Warfare 3, I think, and or Halo. Black Ops 2. Yeah, Halo. I was sick of these games. And I remember I got a PS3 like two years before the PS4 came out, like a year and a half before the PS4 came out, if my timeline's correct. And I got, it came with Uncharted 3, I got Dishonored, I got um, Assassin's Creed 2, I think, and then I got Demon's Souls and Dark Souls 1, and Demon's Souls was fantastic. It, it transpired into Dark Souls 1, which I loved, had problems though, like really bad technical problems, and then especially Blighttown. Which um, thankfully did not exist in Demon's Souls. Yeah, there was a couple. Uh, there's a couple. I'm trying none to think. is heinous. Yeah, none is that. None is heinous. Um, Demon Souls was just so fun, and um, Dark Souls Two holds a really, really, really cool spot in my heart because you remember me and you went to GameStop like three years ago, maybe four years ago, and I picked up the collector's edition for PS3. But like two days after that, I got my wisdom teeth cut out, or one of them cut out. And I couldn't do anything. Like I was, I was taking um, uh, antibiotics, and I was just I couldn't go to work. So I had gauze stuffed in my mouth, and I played through Dark Souls two for like 
20 hours straight. It was super fun. And then, of course, Dark Souls 3 was great. And then Bloodborne to top it all off. So that series, that besides A Link to the Past, is probably the most games I'm thankful for for bringing me back into the hobby that I was really sick of. What Um, a shining example of something that's weird and different coming out to be just a juggernaut. Oh, Demon Souls, yeah, it's and like, something that don't they're they're fantastic games. What was and then that getting recognized and blowing up to the scale that it did? People went back and played. Was it deep down, down deep? the The very first Souls game. No, that was uh, Kings something. Kings Fall. Yeah, uh, no. Or Kings Down. Kings something. It was a PS One game. Yeah, people went back and played that after Demon Souls got its following. Like, I want to think that. Demon Souls blew up really badly, or I say badly, but like blew up really bigly. That's not a word, but it, it, it got well, its, its traction Dark, later Dark on. In Souls, its life. Dark Souls is the thing that pulled the franchise into real because it went multi-platform and people had heard enough about Demon Souls. Demon Souls is technically an incomplete game. It came at a weird time. It, it saved that company. Uh, it goes to show you, Demon Souls and Dark Souls saved uh, from software. Um, Kingsfield, Kingsfield. Thank you. Um, it's it's interesting. I do. I agree that that is a very that's a good series to be thankful for. And I, and I think it, it's like I say. I'm thankful that people were able to see the series for what it was and actually bring that up and save a company and let us get the series that we got because Demon Souls easily could have been their last game. Dude, the last boss of Demon Souls was was weird. Weird. Actually, I'll say most of the last boss. Well. Not Dark Souls, really. Dark Souls Three is not that weird. Thing. They're well. They're also all very similar. <laughs> yeah. in a really weird all way. The, all the games are a little um, But that's that's pretty much it. Like I, I, I argued back and forth that um, Halo 1 was re- I'm really thankful for, and I still am, because Halo 1 and Halo 2 are great games. Halo so, I 3, mean, and I guess the, the, the argument comes like some of them are that you're thankful for them, but some of them that you're thankful for the impact. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I'm thankful. But that, I, doesn't doesn't go away from the topic. It's just that it goes to show you that there's a little bit more of a sub underneath of why are you thankful for them? Yeah. For me, I'm thankful that projects that that I consider to be great shining examples of art and something that was clearly well made, regardless of the level of support it was going to receive, continue to be allowed to be made. Yeah, and I and I'm, uh, I'm that's where for I'm the, at. But you're you seem very thankful about the impact of the games. That I think that that's, gameplay that, that's that addicted smart. to me. Like I mean, I could say well, I'm impact for- impact in the gaming industry, impact on your life. You well, know, yeah. which I mean, I, the same could be said. Every game I talked about had an impact on my life. Definitely the Yoko Taro games, right? Um, I, and I can, if I wanted to go into that, I think I'm very glad that Kingdom Hearts exists. I'm very glad that Kingdom Hearts ever fell into what it was. It's it's probably the weirdest example of a mashup working in in something's favor in that strongly of a sense. I remember Michael Dowdy talking um, talking to us because this is right before I got into that series because of him, and I remember he was telling me he's like it's. He didn't. I don't think he said Final Fantasy characters because. No, he might have. Yeah, I was I was twelve or thirteen. Well, I don't know. It's, that's the smallest part of the game. No, well, he he, he was. <laughs> he said it's that mixed with Disney, and I was like, that sounds dumb. Everyone said that, and then that's I played. I played it at his house. And I was how like, did this that is actually really good? How did that game get through? Like, play, how did that game get? Through budget, like how did it get to a point where it got approved? Disney. Somebody was like, oh, but how do you imagine everyone be like, what if we took Final Fantasy characters, made some new special characters, and then put them in the, these Disney worlds? How do you think it was that, or do you think it's that the game continued to change after it was accepted to be a game, and they just kept allowing the changes until we finally got the game we got? 
I want to say that there's a vision behind it all, but I don't know. Well, I don't there's know. a lot of information about Kingdom Hearts that's weird for those of you who like Kingdom Hearts. Sora was originally supposed to be uh, have a chainsaw. Uh, it was going to be like a sword chainsaw blade. I think he I remember that. He had ears that. and a cattail. I remember. I definitely remember that. Um, I remember seeing those ugly drawings. The reason that Sora looks the way he does in the first game is because he is designed to be a boy that look that's dressed in Mickey's clothing. Uh, that's why he yep. has big feet and red pants. I remember and, about big, that and white gloves. Did you did you like the movie? The movie that came with uh, zero point two, yeah, loved it. It was good, absolutely. It really it. was, and it, it, it's one of the I can't I'm blanking the founders. No, why would you say this? It's um, not oh, the founders. The oh, I can't think of what they're called either. I hate you. <laughs> it's a really interesting backstory to them. It's the way that you said it because I know I could sit there and pick it up and find it. It's the people who are the main people in the, the original Keyblade Masters. Don't you look the, at the foretellers? The foretellers. Yeah, the original. I was gonna look at that's the wrong one anyway. It is. Um, yeah, they're the you know the original Keyblade Masters, and they kind of it's super cool of a movie. If you if you're a fan of Kingdom Hearts, pick up. I didn't even say on here. Zero point eight. Play it. Play through the movie first. I would say. The movie needs to be your number one. That's what I did. I watched the movie first, then I played through two point eight. I, I played zero point two. Breath of my sleep. Um, zero point. I called it zero point eight. Two point eight. But two point eight is the name of the. the Saw Hulk. Um, well, Saw is that all the games thankful for? I am like that's. Because I know you need to get ones. home, and this is actually ended up being a little bit longer episode than I expected. Yeah, we were thinking thirty years to forty five. We we're here in an hour, so we did a lot of pointless talking. So hey, you know if our pointless talking is a little too pointless, just tell us on Twitter, on Facebook, or on or Facebook. Our Discord. On, yeah, on Discord. I need to join that, or on uh, YouTube, Mister Worldin, because you're, you're the number one commenter on there. Number one, I appreciate that because our YouTube. It, it's funny we get so many more listens than we do views. It's a uh, very funny. Which it, is it, a it was super weird. It was, I, a, it was a very funny switch because it started out being way more views. I think uh, it's just everybody yeah. transitioning. I don't think we've ever listen. I, I don't think we used to get hundreds, one hundred and fifty plus views on YouTube, and then they transitioned to podcast services. Y'all are gonna hate us one day when we take those away from you and force you to watch us on YouTube. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> no, I know, I know. God, we. Li- I, I don't be wrong. I get why people listen to some podcast services. It's easy. Yeah, and our SoundCloud is not. It, it was only good for a year, right? With the, the, yep, we're going to renew it. The subscription. Yeah, that was a lot of money. <laughs> you guys nah, better love us. Man, yeah, I know Wasn't it about two hundred dollars? Am I thinking of that wrong? No, it was like seventy nine dollars, man. Okay, then calm down. It's not that. Much. I think it may have been one hundred and fifty. I, I may be remember. thinking about like the stuff we looked at for like the hosting that we looked at, like the websites or something. Yeah, I remember something that was like Joe Rogan uses this. This is a little expensive, guys. Uh, just a little bit, but it's it's a lot of upfront costs. So hey, if you want to make a podcast, do it. But Saul, I think this has been long enough, good enough. I don't know you need to get home and do your stuff. So thank you for coming. I want to as always dinner, never and miss an episode. Saul. I can always trust you. I appreciate that. Yeah. So until episode 36, this has been Triangle Square. Thank you all for listening. Lucky number 35. We got some weird autofocus there. Did I say 36? Thank you, guys. Yeah, you did. 35. (laughs)